We now know our first Champions League finalist, and it's not the team we expected after a truly extraordinary night at Anfield. Liverpool hosted Barcelona, three goals down and all but written off after the first leg. But who said miracles don't happen? It's taken quickly, Origi! bring you all the reaction from Merseyside after one of the most dramatic comebacks in Champions League history. Plus, we'll look ahead to tomorrow's semi-final second leg in Amsterdam, where Spurs have it all to do at Ajax. Make sure you stay right here on your way for Champions League Match Day Live. Welcome to the show, I'm Rob Daly and I'm joined by the European football expert Chris Parrott. Chris, we thought it was going to be good, not that good, surely? No, almost impossible to think it would have been like that. No Salah, no Firmino, no away goal. Complete disbelief, frankly, at the end from the Liverpool fans. Tears of joy for them and tears of disbelief and shock for Barcelona, who for the second year running have been beaten by the most extraordinary comeback and probably the greatest European night at Anfield. And that is saying something, given what we've seen in the past at the home of Liverpool Football Club. Fans are finally starting to leave, and I'm sure many of them don't want to. And a reminder, if you need it, of the second leg of tonight's semi-final tie. Finish like this, Liverpool 4, Barcelona 0, 4-3, on aggregate to Liverpool. Let's hear how a truly astonishing night at Anfield unfolded. Steve Wilson describes the action. Joel Matip, oh, that's a really poor mistake. Jordi Alba played it into Mane. It's Henderson, great save, but Origi scores. Divock Origi for Liverpool. Liverpool won, Barcelona nil. It is the perfect start. And it's won by Alexander-Arnold. Right side of the Barcelona penalty area. Cross is deflected. Oh, brilliant in! It's in from Wijnaldum for Liverpool. The substitute has scored. Liverpool are flying at them. Shakiri, Wijnaldum, 3-0. Genie Wijnaldum with a fantastic header. The substitute has scored twice in two minutes. And Liverpool have levelled it up. It's taken quickly, Origi. Oh, he scored! He scored! Divock Origi for Liverpool. They are leading with 12 minutes to go. Unbelievable. Barcelona switched off from the corner kick. Alexander-Arnold took it. And Divock Origi was standing seven metres from goal with not a yellow shirt anywhere near him. And the Belgian hammers it into the roof of the Barcelona net. And Barcelona, who were 3-0 up, are 4-3 down in this semi-final. Goes and Liverpool have won the game. Liverpool have won the game. Liverpool are heading to the Champions League final in Madrid. 
Well, Steve Wilson joins Chris and myself now. Steve, I don't know how long you've been a commentator, but how many games, actual matches, have you ever seen like what we've seen at Anfield tonight? Um, very few. <laughs> I don't think anybody's seen too many, too many games like that, Rob. It's, it's difficult to take in exactly what Liverpool have done here. And, and um, you know, you have to spare some time to think about the implications of this for Barcelona. I know they've, I know they've won the league and they may win the Copa del Rey against Valencia. We'll see what, what happens. But, but this is their season. You know, whatever happens now, their, their season is, would it be an exaggeration to say it's been ruined by tonight again? Because you'd at least use tainted, because severely tainted. You know, yeah. when, when Ajax knocked Real Madrid out, Barcelona were thinking, I am quite sure, this is now our route. Our obstacle has gone. We will not have to play Real Madrid. Messi's promise, Messi's... Um, Declaration is going to come true. We are going to win the Champions League in Madrid. And, and what a dream that would have been for them, of course. And, and you, you have to question just the simple professionalism of Barcelona's goalkeeper and every single player who is given a job to do from a corner kick because not one of them was even looking at the ball when the goal was scored that knocked them out. Uh, Divock Origi, of course, the unlikely hero, one of two unlikely heroes, perhaps, yes. Chris, because we have to remind ourselves at this point, Liverpool went into this game without two of their brilliant front three, undroppable players in Salah and Firmino, yet they still got it over the line. They did. They also lost another of their key, key players now in Andy Robertson at half-time due to an injury. So Genie Wijnaldum came on and promptly scored twice in 10 minutes. Of course he did. And Divock Origi, who was playing the Firmino role, got the other two goals. Um, it was an unlikely and almost impossible night for Liverpool. And I think that sums it up, the two goal scorers. And it sums up the, the utter belief they have that nothing is, is ever impossible. And Jurgen Klopp, in his pre-match programme notes, says we're a club we, we don't do if only. And boy, did they show that tonight and the celebrations at full time all of the players in front of the cop singing along to you never walk alone um, I'm not a Liverpool fan but that was emotional and that is something that will stay with everybody that was at Anfield for a very very long time and and yes they've done it before and and you know San Etienne in 77 was a great side Liverpool came back from 2-0 down against Club Brugge in a, in a UEFA Cup final uh, to win 3-2 in the first leg at Anfield we're talking about Anfield Knights here uh, Gerrard against Olympiacos of course uh, against Dortmund an incredible comeback against Borussia Dortmund in, in Jurgen Klopp's time in charge um, and they're all great sides but none of them are Barcelona and to do it to Barcelona is different and Chris is absolutely right. I mean, there, there is a pantheon of great Anfield nights. Incredible things have happened in this stadium. And uh, it, it seems to have some kind of almost supernatural force which makes the opposition crumble at crucial moments. But for that to happen to Barcelona is extraordinary. The relentlessness of Liverpool, you could only admire it because I think... I don't know what you guys thought. The first 15 minutes was chaos. They got the goal. They backed off a touch and Barcelona had a decent spell. And I thought 
Liverpool can't keep this up. They haven't been able to rest like Barcelona did at the weekend. They're still in the thrust of the most incredibly tight title race. And they went for 95 minutes, yeah. whatever we had in the end. It, it, it was relentless is the word. And when you think of Jurgen Klopp's team, you think of that intensity and that energy. But we also have to give great credit to Alisson, who will potentially get lost in all of the chaos. He made three very good saves in the first half and one more in the second. That, that might actually be his best game for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and of course, he was part of the Roma team who achieved the unthinkable last year against Barcelona. But um, first half, Barcelona did create chances. Second half, Liverpool were, were so controlled and, and you never felt that Barcelona, the past masters, they never really got a foothold in midfield. They never really dominated the ball. And you can score four goals against any team, but to do that to Barcelona, I don't think I've seen that for a very, very long time. I think the two goals in two minutes from Wijnaldum uh, just absolutely destroyed them mentally because suddenly uh, in the first half, they had that very dangerous spell of 15 or 20 minutes. And at that stage, they're one nil down and they're probably thinking, we've learned from Rome. We're not going to let this happen again. They're not going to score another three goals against us. And then Wijnaldum strikes twice in two minutes and suddenly they're absolutely terrified, it seemed. And, and they were intent on keeping a rampant Liverpool side out uh, rather than trying to score the away goal. And then, of course, when finally uh, the fourth goal goes in and they have to score a goal, there was too little time to go. And Liverpool by then had the, had the game in their grip and, and, and Barcelona had lost it. The goal minutes, by the way, 54-56, the same as Schmitzer and uh, Gerrard in the 2005 Champions League final. <laughs> the famous six minutes of madness, I think yes. Carlo Ancelotti called it. Uh, three minutes of mad madness at Anfield tonight. Let's talk about Trent Alexander-Arnold because we're, we're talking about a guy who, I don't know, 18 months ago was just really breaking into that Liverpool team. Now, it's a Champions League semi-final against the team many are saying the best team in the world. Barcelona would probably love to have him at right back. He would suit their style. And the thinking for the goal, his brilliant cutback, his pressing for the for the goal for Tuna was extraordinary. Well, do you know what? I mean, he, he, he's 20, 20 years old. He, he was 20 in October. <laughs> in the last, in, in, once we get into June, in, in 13 months, he would have played in two Champions League finals and a World Cup. Um, it's not bad, is it? Not bad not when bad. you're when you're not 21. He's an extraordinary talent. There was one pass tonight. Chris spotted it. He <laughs> curled it about 60 yards off the outside of his right boot to James Milner, and it was absolutely perfect. Milner did not have to break stride to run onto it. It bent between yellow shirts, left them exposed. It was a it was a genius pass. And the frightening thing for Ajax or Tottenham or whoever play Liverpool, which one of those two play Liverpool in the final in Madrid, is that they have on the other side a guy who is perhaps just as good uh, with his left foot, Andrew Robertson. So, um, I, I mean, who knows who's going to go through? It's a tight one, Ajax and, and, and Tottenham. But I do think that Liverpool are going to go into the final as strong favourites, whoever they play. And that doesn't always suit them. That doesn't always suit them. But anyway, let's think about that another day. <laughs> <laughs> that, that crossfield pass from Alexander-Arnold is becoming a real weapon, though, isn't it? And um, Milner, who was filling in at left-back after Robertson got injured in the first half, um, did run onto it 
but you sense that had that been Robertson on his left foot, he really might have been flying towards the edge of the penalty area. And, you know, the celebrations at full time were fantastic, as we've mentioned. But after it had all finished, Alexander-Arnold, Liverpool boy, Liverpool fan, just did a lap on his own. And well, what does it mean to have a, a scouser in this, in the middle of this, in this era of you can pluck any international yeah. player you want? It's, and it, to have it, him in the team. It's special. I, I mentioned that it's a great interview that he did when he said he used to drive to Melwood with his mum and his brothers and they were too small to look over the fence so he stood on, on top of his mum's car to peek <laughs> over the fence and watch Liverpool train. I think he made his full debut away at Manchester United and from that moment on he's just developed into one of the best right-backs around and the way he took the corner... He trotted over. He thought he was going to knock it short. Then I thought he was going to leave it for Shakiri, And then he sprinted back and saw where Origi was in the six-yard box and whipped in the most perfect cross. Only Suarez, and we've only seen this from a couple of replays, noticed and was calling out to his teammates. Everyone had their back to the play, including Origi, by the way. It wasn't like he was saying, pass it to me. Fortunately, he turned around just in time and swept it into the top corner. But he outthought everybody on the pitch in that moment and you know we talk about great goals winning Champions League semi-finals well that piece of quick thinking was as good as that and that was the the moment when Liverpool won the tie. Uh, let's hear from uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold but first his captain Jordan Henderson. We wanted to start fast we've got, a, we've got an early goal which helped but it wasn't just the goal it was the overall getting after them putting them under pressure we're a fantastic team, but we knew that if we give everything, showed, showed a bit of personality, showed heart, then we'd have, an, we'd have a chance to get something in. I can't speak highly enough for the players, the manager, the staff, everybody unbelievable. Everybody, everybody was un, 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 unreal. Obviously, I think it was just instinctive, but it was just one of the moments where you, you see the opportunity and obviously they were switched on as well at the, at the, to finish it off. And, uh, it probably came out of him a bit fast, but he's a top player, scored two goals for us tonight, and I think it's, it's one of them where everyone will remember this, this, this moment. There we go, he's trying to give the credit to someone else. Steve Okorigi, of course, with two goals uh, for Liverpool on the night. And Steve, I'm sure you were at the uh, City-Leicester game the night before. Yeah. Vincent Company scoring that goal. I'm sure a lot of Liverpool fans woke up this morning feeling pretty deflated, despite it being a tremendous season. They know they've got this comeback to do. They title maybe has just slipped out of their grip. It's been an extraordinary 24 hours for Liverpool. It's it, it certainly has. Their, their their league campaign is very likely to end in disappointment on on Sunday when the final 38th game of the uh, EPL season is played. Uh, if you're not aware of the scenario, then um, they've only lost one league game all season, but are likely to finish a point behind Manchester City. Um, and that was pretty much set up last night with City's, City's victory. So um, great disappointment to come into this game. And uh, to play like that off the back of that is an extraordinary thing. And, um, uh, you know, clearly Liverpool are desperate to win the Premier League. It's so long since they won it. But no club in England has a relationship with the European Cup quite like Liverpool has a relationship with the European Cup. And uh, it is a matter of great pride to them that they have won that trophy more than any other English or British side. And uh, if they can extend that to six, 
they will allow Manchester City, I think, to have the Premier League title again. Particularly the way they've done it this evening. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and they'll be very happy that it's three and a half weeks until the final at the Metropolitano because um, we don't know the extent of R Roberto Firmino's injury, let's be honest. Um, they want, you know, if they had him and Mo Salah back, I mean, I'm sure they have Mo Salah back from the injury that he sustained um, at Newcastle. A full-strength Liverpool side who I think they felt in last season's final that everything went against them. Salah got the very early injury in the challenge with Ramos. Bale scored an overhead kick. It's one of those nights, what can you do? Well, they're back now, and this time they will be favourites. So, I mean, Jurgen Klopp was actually quite relaxed and a little yes. bit flippant in his press conference, talking about we've got to enjoy it and it'll be a football party. But I think back to his first press conference when he arrived and he was trying to impress upon not just the players, I think the fans, a new mindset in terms of belief. And there was belief in that performance, Steve. It wasn't just a couple of fortunate moments and suddenly they're in it. It was, it seemed to me, sincere belief from minute one we can turn this around if we apply ourselves properly. I think what Jordan Henderson said there in the interview we just heard with him was key when he said, it's, it, we, yes, we scored the early goal, but it wasn't just the goal. They felt they could get amongst them, I think was the expression that he used. That They felt that they'd established the upper hand early in the game. The tangible reward for that was the goal and that, and that they backed themselves, they, the way that the game was going. And also, perhaps that's something to go from the first leg as well, because they proved in the second half, in particular in the first leg in Barcelona, that they were capable of yeah. creating chances, of actually dominating possession against Barcelona, which I think the statistics in the second half, they had more complete passes, more, more possession. Um, and, and probably after about 10 minutes at 1-0 up, they started feeling, this could happen. This could happen. And... Um, and of course it did, which is which is extraordinary. Uh, it's still difficult. It's still difficult to get your head around it. In all honesty, um, I'm just I, I, I'm just absolutely gobsmacked by um, what they have come so close to achieving this season, um, and they could still end up with nothing. Of course, I mean this is one of the best sides English football has ever seen, and they may win nothing. Uh, let's hear from one of the key men tonight. Scorer of two goals, midfielder Genie Vijnaldum. I think if you look at overall, as a team, we did it quite well. Uh, we stopped them uh, for scoring goals. So, you know, we, we, at front, we just trying to do our job and trying to score goals. And at, at the back, uh, they're trying to defend and uh, everything worked well today. He was a lot more emotional when he was being interviewed on the pitch, I can promise you, Vijnaldum, <laughs> because... I think he had tears in his eyes. He couldn't quite believe what he'd done. And we looked tonight at the players who've had the big moments. Origi, two goals. Shakiri with the assist as well for that thumping header for the super sub. You know, you know, Lionel Messi scores more goals in a game than Origi scores in a season sometimes. <laughs> I mean, that's not quite true. But, but you know, Origi has, has tonight taken his goal tally to, for the season to, to seven, um, you know, which is not a monumental total no. by anybody's standards. But actually, I think that virtually every one of those has been absolutely crucial. So it's not about the numbers with him. <laughs> it's, about, it's about the timing. Yeah. He, he picks his moment to score. Yeah. We've got the benefit of the replay of Genie Vijnaldum's second goal. Now, he's only five foot nine, but he jumps between Clement Longley and Gerard Piquet as if he's six foot five. It, it is the finish of... 
a predatory number nine in the penalty area, a big burly centre forward, not 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 a leggy midfielder. Um, I mean, he he was out he was outstanding after he came on. Credit to James Milner, who also at left back filled in fantastically well. Um, I mean, you go through the Liverpool team, no one. I mean, everyone was a nine out of a ten or a ten out of a ten. It was that type of night. They needed a perfect performance and they got one. Uh, Barcelona, what happened? What happened twice in two seasons in this competition? They never... They had a spell. Well, they, they shot had themselves in the foot, didn't they? I mean, if you look at the yeah. first goal, it comes directly from a Jordi Alba error. Um, the second goal, probably they're a bit unlucky because there's a deflection off Rakitic on the cross from Alexander-Arnold that just took it perfectly into the path of Wijnaldum. But Ter Stegen should save it. Um, should a five foot nine midfielder be out jumping Barcelona's two central defenders? No. And should eight yellow shirt defenders be watching when a corner kick's taken? Obviously, yes. So actually, every single one of Liverpool's goals was avoidable tonight. I think it would be. I don't think Ernesto Valverde will use this excuse, but he would also look back in the cold light of day tomorrow a couple of weeks and look at the chances that his team missed if they put one of them away they would have gone through and the Dembele one in the closing a stages yeah. absolutely in the now yeah. now Liverpool of course will say well Mo Salah should have scored in the first leg and we should have had an away goal but he would have expected Alisson to have been beaten with one of the opportunities and he might also in the second half expected Barcelona to create more I mean Leo Messi was kept very quiet by his his standards. Tell you who else won't get plaudits, particularly <laughs> because so many other people individual performances. But I thought Fabinho was absolutely brilliant for uh, Liverpool. And tonight. on that tightrope after yeah. the early yellow yeah. for, I don't know, 70 minutes or so. Uh, let's uh, a quick one, Chris, on tomorrow's game because the winner of tomorrow's game will play Liverpool. Will it be Spurs? Will it be an all Premier <laughs> League final? Will it be Ajax? Spurs without Davis Sanchez, along with Kane and Winks, of course. Lamella and uh, Aurier may return along with Vertonghen. Uh, Ajax, David Neres is the only doubt, really. Yeah, although I think he will be fit. Um, it's a great game. And, you know, Tottenham, I'm sure they will have watched that tonight. They will have seen this season, and actually it is a record now, Liverpool the fifth team to lose the first leg of a knockout tie, but go through this season alone. That's a record. Spurs can make it six. I think the game, you listen to Mauricio Pochettino, he sounds very confident. He knows it's not over yet. Spurs have Son back from suspension. Um, maybe Ajax will be made to pay for missing a couple of chances in the first leg. Spurs' heaviest ever defeat to an English side, 7-0 to Liverpool. Liverpool's heaviest ever defeat in Europe, 5-1 to Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed score for the final. Uh, Steve, Chris, absolute pleasure. Great commentary tonight. That was madness. It was. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in as well, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you didn't, you're probably listening <laughs> to the wrong show. Uh, plenty more to come tomorrow, of course, after one of the most extraordinary nights in the history of the European Cup. Liverpool 4, Barcelona 0, 4-3 on aggregate. Make sure you join us from 8 o'clock tomorrow evening, Central European Summertime. Uh, that's Wednesday for full commentary of Ajax against Tottenham Hotspur. And in that game at the Johan Cruyff Arena, we will find out who will be joining the five-time winners, Liverpool, in the UEFA Champions League final in Madrid on Saturday the 1st of June. A reminder, two goals from Origi, two from Wijnaldum have sent the Reds to their second final in as many seasons. Until tomorrow's show, 
from Chris Parrott, Steve Wilson, and myself, Rob Daly, it's goodbye. And the whistle goes, and Liverpool have won the game! Liverpool have won the game! Liverpool are heading to the Champions League final in Madrid! Barcelona have been beaten in the most sensational, incredible circumstances, self-inflicted to some degree with an unbelievably slack piece of defending on the fourth goal. But Liverpool have been incredible tonight and they've blown away Barcelona and they've written a new page in their glorious history. Anfield has another unbelievable night to savour. The club history has another chapter. Liverpool are into the Champions League final. They have come from 3-0 down to win by four goals to three. And even this old place has never, ever seen the like. Liverpool have knocked Barcelona out. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Match Day Live.